Hey, and welcome to the Kid Therapist Podcast. This is Allie. And this is Lauren. We are two licensed mental health therapists practicing in Maryland who love helping kids and families to manage and overcome their mental health struggles. Our goal of this podcast is to educate, inspire, and provide some insight into what could be going on with your kids. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome back this week. We have a very special episode for you because we have one of our fellow therapists and friends, Courtney Mack, here with us today. Um, we'll be discussing grief and kids and different experiences with loss that they might experience. So um, we'll show you some ways that kids might demonstrate some of these complex feelings of grief and how you can help them. Um, Just a heads up that some of the topics that we're going to talk about today may be a little difficult to listen to, so just be very mindful and thoughtful about the time that you take to listen to today's episode. Um, So thanks for listening. Loss is something that sadly affects all of us at some point in our lives. Death of a loved one, such as a family member or friend, death of a pet loss of a close friend, death of a classmate or colleague, serious illness of a loved one, relationship breakup, moving homes, parental divorce, even graduating or changing schools can be really difficult. With any loss, grief will be processed and experienced differently for every person. Kids especially may experience grief in a unique way compared to adults. Grief is so complex because the length of time and how it's processed is so different for each person. So just a disclaimer that it's impossible for us to get into every way that a child could potentially demonstrate their feelings surrounding grief. So just for the interest of time and clarity, we'll mainly be speaking in more general terms uh, for today's episode. Because the experience of grief in kids is so significant and creates a lot of hurt, sadness, confusion, anger, and can be challenging for parents to determine how to navigate, we brought in some reinforcements for this episode. So we have a special guest who is a therapist and friend of ours, Courtney Mack, and she's gonna help us discuss more about how grief can impact kids and ways to help kids in your life who might be struggling through processing a loss. One of her specialties as a therapist and social worker is helping those process grief. She will help us to gain more of an understanding how to help kids who are struggling and provide us with some resources, recommendations, and what to look for if additional support from a professional may be needed for your child. We are so excited and honored to have Courtney. Courtney Mack is a licensed Master of Social Work Therapist working within both community mental health and private practice settings. Courtney has a background in working with children, teens, and adults coping with grief, trauma, chronic illness, depression, and anxiety disorders. Courtney does not believe in a one-size-fits-all model when working with grief, as it's far too complicated and complex to simplify. She believes that each person has a unique and deeply personal experience with both life and death. Welcome, Courtney. Hi. (laughs) We're so excited to have you here. So just to start us off, Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into the specialty of working in the grief and loss fields? Yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was weird. Uh, I did not expect to work in this field at all. Uh, I went to school at the University of Texas in Austin and 
in your graduate program, you have to do a certain amount of hours in an internship. Right. And I signed up. They, they asked you to put five sort of populations or places you would like to work. And I literally put grief at the bottom because I was like, mm. absolutely not. It's that really sounds hard. incredibly yeah. difficult yeah. and I am yeah. not qualified. Uh, and at the end of the day, they put me in grief and loss. Probably mm. because I said yeah. I didn't want to be in yeah. it. <laughs> and it turned out to be the, the best thing that's ever happened to me. It just absolutely... It just clicked. I don't know how to explain it. It was like, mm -hmm. this is what I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. And so I had this unbelievable supervisor named Erin Spaulding. I'm going to shout her out yeah. uh, in Austin. And she really coached me through my nine-month internship. And at the end of the day, you know, it's not even about being a specialist. It's just about being comfortable with mm -hmm. death. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was what I learned is that... All I had to do was be really comfortable with sitting and being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing for most people when they're looking for a therapist or a provider. It's not necessarily about finding a specialist because there's not really a, a degree. I mean, you can get a certification, you can get CEUs, you can get training in grief. But at the end of the day, you just want a therapist or a counselor that is comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And our culture is really uncomfortable with grief. It's incredibly uncomfortable. And that's also, yeah. I think, an individualistic Western thing. Like, us as Americans, we think of grief and death as a, like, a dirty secret. Like, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It's like, that is the last thing we want to talk about. We push that so far under the rug. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what scares us about it, is that it's so unknown. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of research about, like, why we're so fearful of death. And I think it's also interesting to think about, way back in the day, we were surrounded by death. I mean, we lived on farms. We buried our grandparents. Mm -hmm. We killed the cow that fed us i mean we yeah. were around people weren't death. living as long you know yes. yeah yeah yes. so it was just something you just coped with yeah at an earlier time yeah, yeah. and now yeah. we're sort of terrified we're both terrified and obsessed with it which mm. is really interesting i mean yeah. we're obsessed yeah. with it because we watch all these horrible things about death mm -hmm. but i think it's because we're deeply afraid of it and we don't understand yeah it. so that's kind of maybe a way that we try to understand it yes yes yeah. so i think bringing that in and i think Every single person that walks through my door, I use grief as part of my training because I think we've all experienced grief mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. every way. I mean, it's not just death. It's everything. It's moving. It's losing a friend to an argument. It's mm -hmm. uh, loss of a job. Mm -hmm. It's loss of childhood. I yeah. mean, like we grieve mm -hmm. in every stage of our life. And I think that's why that's I think point. it's so important to recognize grief and not pretend it's not happening. Yeah. yeah. To honor it instead of avoid it. Yeah. To honor it. That's a big part. It's like getting comfortable with that and seeing that there's hope in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But with death, I mean, specifically death, one in five children will experience the death of a loved one or someone close to them before the age of 18. Mm. So yeah. it is a, it is a part of life. Yeah. And I think that that's important to recognize. Yeah. So, so can you give us more of an idea of what grief might look like specifically in children? Yes. Like, so, are there different, like, are the stages experienced in different ways, you know, versus adults? Right. Like, how does that work? That's a really good question yeah. because I think for a long time we thought Kubler-Ross said there were these stages, these mm -hmm. five stages right. of grief. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there are stages of grief, anger, acceptance, mm -hmm. and all these things. 
but they're not linear. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place. It's more of a roller coaster. One minute you're sad, then you're angry, then you're back to sad, then you're happy. I mean, it just is all over. And kids are very similar in that. They're, They're kind of all over depending on the age. Kids do grieve very, very differently. Um, you're going to see a lot of differences in their attention, impulse control, sleep patterns might change, uh, memory, how they're doing in school. That's mm-hmm. a big, a big one. A lot of the kids, it's so interesting when I was working, I was doing groups with children and it was almost like every single child that was there for grief was ADD or ADHD. Like, like that Whoa. was a part of their diagnosis. Every, yeah. yeah. And this is yeah. so commonly misdiagnosed is that ADHD mimics grief. Mm. It also mimics trauma, which makes sense because grief is trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of kids that are experiencing grief, they're going to show signs that look very much like ADHD mm-hmm. because they're grieving in spurts. They can't just sit down like adults mm-hmm. and have a very, you know, like process it and yes. cry and, you know, have, yeah. They yeah. can't do it on command. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, okay, once a week you're going to a therapist and at that time you're going to grieve, you know, that's it's your not, time. That's yeah. your time. Uh, kids don't do that. So they might be gr- one minute they're crying their eyes out and then the next minute they jump up and they're going to play with their friends and yeah. it looks very strange. Yeah. Um, but that is how they are and they can be clumsy. I mean, no, not eating enough, eating a lot. Sometimes, a lot of times it's somatic. Like mm. you'll get stomach aches, headaches. You'll be like, I don't feel well. And I think what I've noticed is that grief physically hurts. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. grief is, we think of grief as this thing that's in our head or in our hearts, but it is a, it can physically manifest. And yeah. be like, like actual pain. Yeah, yeah. Like think about adults even. Yeah. We say like, oh God, I'm dying of a broken mm-hmm. heart. You yeah. know, our hearts hurt. Yeah. My grandfather passed away, I think my daughter was about maybe four, Mm -hmm. Um, and we were at his funeral and then um, went to the cemetery to um, bury him, and she almost threw up at the, um, going through the funeral process. That's Um, really interesting. She got so worked up and got such a stomachache, and that was how her grief presented, and I didn't know about that at the time, so I had no idea what was going on, but she was scary. She was physically sick. Yep. And it's so interesting because every kid is different and you'll know, you know your kid best, you know, you're going to know your kid the best of anyone. And so everyone is going to look slightly different. Some kids regress in their behaviors. Mm. Uh, Sometimes it's separation anxiety because they're afraid since they've had a loss, but it is really all, I mean, it's really all over the place. It's very hard to just pinpoint it to a specific Right. But that's helpful to see kind of yeah. some of these signs who, yeah. that might show up as, you know, everybody knows about ADHD yeah. and then yeah. they automatically assume that that could be going on. But it could be something that, you know, maybe there wasn't a death, but maybe mm-hmm. they're processing, like you said, a grief of yeah, yeah. something else or the loss of something else in their or life. Or a big yeah. move. That's or big another move. one I yeah. see is like yeah. a kid moving to a new school or a new state. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. or maybe when you, um, as a parent or caregiver or um, whoever you are in the child's life, so that child down and are telling them about the um, the death that's occurred or the loss that's happening, and they just kind of look at you and then they go to play. Yep. That that could be. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're not grieving. Exactly, or, and I think that's and that's a. That's hard for adults to see yes, that. Yeah, it is yes. very hard for us to see, and this is not innate. Like I tell people this all the time. Like I didn't know all this stuff until I went to school and yeah. did the training. Like this is not an innate thing. We do kind of have to be taught what this looks like a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. 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 
So when a loved one or a pet has passed away in a family, how do you recommend that parents or caregivers share that news to kids? Yeah, this is a big one. So again, this is going to look different for the ages. Mm -hmm. So before age two, kids can't really process anything. It's more about just being present with them, holding them, loving them, giving them some extra kisses and eye contact. Between two and four, kids are starting to see that something's going on. And we do want to start sharing more information. The biggest thing I can say is that it's about providing a safe space. Mm -hmm. It is the safe space. The words, you can mess up the first time. There's mm -hmm. always a second chance mm -hmm. to explain something to a child, but making sure that space is safe for them to feel. And so how I presented, and, and this is the big one, is how do we how do we say this to a child? I think this is our own innate fears as adults mm. because we're afraid of what to say. Yeah. So, okay, so one of the, I'll give you an example. So let's say an aunt has passed away and you're talking to a kid. We wanna use really clear, concise words. Mm -hmm. We don't wanna confuse children. Again, this is because we're, we're trying to protect them, but it's actually confusing them most of the time. So we wanna say, you know, Aunt Maggie died this morning. Her body stopped working because she had cancer. Mm. You can't catch cancer. Cancer is not contagious. It's okay to be sad. And I am here if you need to talk. And I'm I'm sad too. So we want to make sure we're using the word died or, or dead, mm -hmm. which sounds very intense. Yes. Mm -hmm. It really does. I'm very aware. Uh, but yeah, I think people try to stay away from that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? We do it It's as a society. Yeah. This is a society thing. But we are trying to change the way we look at this. Because if we say, the big one is she went to sleep and she's not gonna wake yeah. up. But what happens is the kid starts thinking, well, wait, I'm gonna go to sleep tonight. Does that mean I'm not gonna yeah. wake up tomorrow? And then the term passed away, like what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Like they passed yeah, you almost away? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> you sense. You think a car passing yeah. you on the road. It's like, like if you think, if you really yeah, it really doesn't make that, sense, like really grammatically. Doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So using that word died and dead is really important, yeah. even though it seems intense. Mm -hmm. And it's important to just tell them that um, their body, and that, and, and that also sounds strange, but like telling them physically what has happened. Mm -hmm. Their body is no longer working. It's mm -hmm. so much easier for a child to comprehend. Again, it's more our insecurities and fears when we're talking mm -hmm. to kids than the actual child's. Um, and just let them ask as many questions as they want. And if they ask the same question 10 times, give them the same answer 10 yeah. times. It's just being very consistent, allowing them, if they want to talk about it, great. If they don't want to talk mm. about it, just say, okay, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that's really important is don't be afraid to show your emotions. I think we think we have to be this like hard rock while we talk to a child, yeah. but sometimes a kid really needs to see that vulnerability is okay mm -hmm. and that adults feel and that feelings are safe and feelings are normal you know a kid falls down they scrape their knee our instinct for some reason is to be like you're fine you're fine get up go move on mm -hmm. maybe we need to say are you okay right like first like, ask yeah <laughs> are you okay and if you're crying that's okay like crying is 
part of being a human. Like, and releasing those actually, emotions. Yeah, yeah, a little bit less safe for them when you're mm-hmm. not being very authentic to your yeah. nervous system. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good it's point. It's a good way to, yeah. to role model, like, appropriate ways of feeling, appropriate ways of being vulnerable. Yeah. You know? And I've had, you know, some families, and this may be, like, coming from my personal life, or I, I can't remember, like, where I heard this, but, you know, parents want to wait for the right time. Yeah. Or they're yeah. thinking, like, yeah. okay, let's say that, you know, grandpa passed away, mm-hmm. or, you know, died there. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm even but saying, I yeah. Too. yeah, I yeah. Too. You know, grandpa died, yeah. you know, on Saturday, but we're going to wait until, you know, next Wednesday mm-hmm. because she has a big test coming right. up. Or, you know, like they're always yeah, yeah. worried about is this going to impact them mm-hmm. in other ways of their life? And of course it is, yeah. you know? So I think just acknowledging that that's okay that's that okay. if you struggle on this test because yeah. you have a lot on your mind, you know, it's not yeah. the end of the world. It's yeah. not the end of the world. I love that you were talking about like you will get multiple opportunities to yes. keep talking about it, that there's yes. no magic. Mm. words that you have to have right in that moment that moment is all about making it this safe emotional Mm -hmm. felt safety time with them yeah we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get it right the first time right and have this big conversation and make it very therapeutic and Mm -hmm. it's and I love that you just said just make it safe you know just just acknowledge that you know if you as a caregiver a parent are even stumbling over your words you could even say to the kid you know I'm not exactly sure how to even talk about this yet but you know yeah just say that I'm feeling really sad and heartbroken and still trying to process it myself exactly Mm -hmm. and teens are a little different I mean teens can get angry and withdrawn yeah um I always say anger is sadness is bodyguard you know, mm-hmm. kids are yeah. probably very sad, but they're they're acting out. They sometimes yeah. engage in more risky behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but just be patient. I mean, and I always tell kids, you know, kids will literally look me in the eye and say, is this feeling going to last forever? Am I going to feel this way forever? And, it, you know, it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. But I tell them, you know, I don't know if it's going to get better, but I do know it'll get different. Yeah. Like that feeling will be different. You will yeah. be able to look at this and think, oh, yeah, I miss my dog and let's memorialize my yeah. dog. You know, it's a really authentic sad. answer. Yeah. 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 Cause I think sometimes the inclination is to want to help oh the kid God, to feel I want better. To right. So yeah. Bad. Right. <laughs> right. Fix it. Yeah. Okay. You want to say like, yes, oh, yeah. it'll get better. You know, that kind yeah. of thing, but you can't guarantee that. Oh, that you was know? Yeah. For me. And that's not even yeah. helpful. Right. To them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest part of my training was I wanted to fix. And as soon as I realized I cannot fix or take away that death and just, I have to sit in it and be like, you know what? We're mm-hmm. sad right now. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's when the magic happened. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so, you know, we talked about creating this space and, you know, helping adults to understand that the kids are going to have difficulty coping, but what are maybe some more, um, you know, like actual ways, like practical ways mm-hmm. that maybe adults can help them. So if they are having more outbursts or they mm-hmm. are having difficulty focusing yeah. in school, like what, how can an adult help a kid in this time of, I mean, it's going to be different based on the kid. I mean, I do think I'm a therapist, so I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of group therapy okay. because I think yeah. kids yeah. need peers that can relate to them. So yeah. if a kid feels completely isolated at school because they've lost their dad and they're like, nobody understands yeah. me, yeah. nobody knows I'm what it's like one. to lose a dad, try to find a grief group. I saw, so I worked at, it was only grief groups where I worked in Austin. I mean, it was, I saw magic happen. Like, the connections that happened. And just having that support network. Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. And for kids, a lot of it is processed through art. So I'm a big fan Mm -hmm. of art therapy, play therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't find, like, a quote-unquote grief therapist, like, find a a therapist that's creative that can do a lot of artwork and process Mm -hmm. things in a different way. Because, like I said, they can't sit on a couch and just 
say, I feel sad because, you know, it's, it's just not that yeah. easy. Right. And I think, so group therapy is great. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with having a therapist. I, I always encourage that, but it's just making sure they don't isolate. Yeah. I think that's a big one. I was just thinking about when you were talking about group therapy, I know there's a lot of um, grief camps Oh my gosh, as well. yes. The grief camps are amazing. Yeah. Yes, because kids go, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Yeah. And then they can process together. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's really amazing. I've heard there's some really great ones, especially for kids who have lost a parent. Yes, and it's also hard because, again, I'm talking about this very generally. If somebody has died in a complicated way, Mm -hmm. there's a suicide, there's an overdose, I mean, that does change your conversation. I mean, I I won't go into it right now because it's too much, but that does change it. So that's another thing is this is different based on the child. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And sadly, that's a reality that a lot of kids are facing now yes. with the whole opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. finding yeah. other kids that have had that experience. I mean, that for me is the magic wand. I mean, there is no magic wand, but that yeah. is the closest thing yeah. to me. Very healing. Yeah. yeah. And just being safe, like I said, just being safe with them, being a safe space to talk about whatever's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. What are some other ways that adults can help children cope? Okay, let me think. So I think, okay, a great thing is being involved as much as they would like in the actual um, death. So funerals and stuff. I mean, everybody, again, this is very difficult because everybody's religions are different. So that's a whole nother piece. Like if the child is, you know, raised Christian and there's going to be an open casket, um, letting the child know exactly what to expect. There's Mm -hmm. going, like, don't just throw them in because mm-hmm. that could be very traumatizing. So like walking them through exactly what a funeral is going to look like, prepping yeah. them and yeah. then asking them if they want to go. Mm. But if they do want to go, let them be a part of it. Like make a memorial board for that loved one or write a letter to be buried. You know, like do something to connect yourself to the person so that they're not forgotten. I think that's mm-hmm. big. Same with pets. Like if you need, to, if you want to do like a little burial for mm-hmm. the pet and say a few words for the pet and I mean, when my cat died, I, I made a, I send away his ashes to get put into this ball yes. and then it's lit up on my nightstand. Oh, that's cool. So like I have so something to look at and remember him yeah. in a positive way. You know, I think that's really important yeah. is trying to connect the death to hope. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big piece of it. Um, and also kind of some celebrating the, the life and the memory that yes. you had yes. of whatever it is. So, so we talked about, you know, changing schools or moving, yes. you know, I recently had to say goodbye to my childhood home of, mm, you know, over yeah. 30 years. And that's a, that's a loss, it you know, is. in my life. Mm. So I, you know, went around each room and kind of thanked each Aww. room and just, you know, yeah. took a couple pictures of, you know, my, my height etched yes. in the walls, you know, that's little great. things like that. Yeah. It's more like. Going in head first yeah. instead of pretending it's not happening. Right. That's sort of my... I could have easily yeah. avoided it and yes. been like, I'm not driving back down to Virginia yes. to look at that house because, yeah. you know, it's I'm going to be sad. Yeah, yeah I cried hard. a lot. It was sad. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Crying yeah. is okay, yes. Thanks, Courtney. <laughs> um, so, you know, and just a side, I want to kind of do a quick side yeah, of course. on the religious stuff because this is something that comes up a lot. Yeah. As a therapist, I typically pull the parents aside and I'll ask what their religious preference is mm-hmm. because I want to respect whatever they... Yeah, like culturally. Yeah. I That's follow important. them. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. do. I follow them. And for parents that don't know what to do, I just, I mean, I recently heard this and I thought it was really kind of amazing because I struggle sometimes with what do I say to this child? What do I say? 
What do I say to make them feel better? And someone once said recently that, you know, death looks very different in different cultures. And the most important thing is how the child feels. So if the child feels safe, like I'll ask them, what do you think has happened to this person? If they say, well, I think they go to heaven, but I don't know. I'll say, yeah, I think that sounds really nice. Let's draw what that looks mm -hmm. like. Let's draw where they are yeah. so you can look at it. And you know, children have their whole lives to figure out what they believe. They have their whole lives to figure out if they think nothing happens. Right. They think we're reincarnated. So right now, if what makes that child feel safe and connected and happy is believing in heaven, that's where I'm yeah. going. Mm -hmm. So I try to follow the child as much that. as I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, do you have any books or resources or other ways that, you know, could help kids process a loss in their life? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of movies big like I was a film major before I became a therapist. I think that's so cool I know, like that's just weird. like a fun fact about it. Courtney's <laughs> my go-to for all movies. yeah if she recommends it I'm gonna watch it and that's she'll funny. give us looks if we haven't seen like some kind of classic movie like, and judgmental. she'll fix it she'll like, say no we're gonna right. watch that. like I haven't seen Scarface or, no that's yeah. gonna change okay <laughs> yeah I mean I think movies are a big thing because right now technology is huge for kids yeah. I mean it's just it's how they so communicate big. yeah yeah and funny enough, Disney movies are all about death. Like, think like about the it. Lion King think about it. And, They're yes. all a parent that is dying. Yes. I mean, yes. it's significant. The yes. grief is significant. That is so it's true. A, I never thought about that. Yeah. It's usually a parent. I think yeah. in Toy Story, they're moving. Yes. Like, uh -huh. There's a lot of. So I typically. That's so true. Movies are big for me <laughs> because I think that sometimes kids can't process and they need to watch something to fully understand what they're feeling sometimes i mean not for every kid but i think that movies are a big one so the lion king yeah i agree the lion king is a big one yeah um and how and dramatic then, too the way that yes, you know, know. He, mufasa mm -hmm. dies i mean yeah. simba sees it i mean yeah. I'm, I'm sure i'm not spoiling anything for anybody <laughs> but you know it's it's really yeah. it's it's a big loss so like yeah. watching movies and then you know writing letters I love the idea of, of writing letters or a journal to somebody mm. um, and then yeah so resources would be typically books I know for the the young kids the invisible string is mm -hmm. a really great book did you hear I just heard too that there's one called the invisible leash no. which is for pet loss oh, oh that's fantastic cool. and I, I think the right. author is also coming out with an invisible string workbook I heard for about kids that to go yes. along with the book I think that's coming out in January mm -hmm. actually or maybe it's already out that's but fantastic. I, yeah I want no, to check I out the that. Invisible Leash one. Okay, I'm going to have yeah. to look at that as well. Um, for tweens and teens, there's a book called The Book of Lost Things. And then honestly, I love the Harry Potter series. Mm. Like you've got Harry who's fighting the world and his parents have both died or killed. Pretty mm -hmm. tra traumatizing, actually. But I love that book. There's a lot of magic in it and hope and, and reconnection with friends and feeling, you know, connected. Um, That's another thing you're going to shame me on. I haven't read Harry Potter oh <laughs> or God. seen oh any of the books. I know. I'm I didn't like, know this fact I'm about I'm like the 0.01% in the world probably. I but would not I have done this podcast if I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney's like, I'm done. I'm out. Um, <laughs> we need to fix this I'm, problem. I'm so sorry. I've been living under a rock wow. for like 10 yeah, years. That's pretty yeah, that's um, <laughs> Healing Your Grieving Heart is good for teens. And then The Fault in Our Stars for teens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a movie as well. Yeah. But like it's more... You know, you want them to read it. So yeah. you want something that's kind of interesting to them. Yeah. And then for parents and caregivers, there's a parent's guide to raising grieving children or when children grieve. 
Um, and When Children Grieve is great because it explores losses outside of death. So it's also mm. divorce and moving and pet mm. loss and other other types of loss. I mean, there's so many types of loss. There are so many types there of loss. There really are. When like, you really I'm sure we haven't it. even touched on no. them all. Oh my it's gosh. so hard to. I could to. honestly yeah. talk for hours about grief because it's yeah. so complex and it's so fascinating. And I think the more you talk about it, the more comfortable you become with it and the, and the more you can heal. You yeah. know, you can heal from that. So, mm -hmm. and I, I honestly, my internship really... It really just, it, they really helped me. I, I don't think I would be the clinician I am today without that. And I built everything off of it. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm. What a great experience that you had. Oh, I was so yeah. lucky. I mean, I was really, really lucky. And I just, yeah, I fell into it. Yeah. And, and I know that now, like as a therapist, you don't primarily work with children, but mm -hmm. I'm wondering, you know, when you do have kids come in and say that, you know, you have parents who might be struggling, like we talked about to yeah. talk about it with, would you ever model some of these things in front of the parent? Yes. Like how to talk about it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do a lot. Yeah. I bring in the parent. I do some family work. I will and I think sometimes it shocks the parents at the word choices I use. Right, because you do say death. I and do, you, yeah. and I think yeah. that does scare some parents. Um, and I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just this is the the standard model now mm -hmm. for grief yeah. is like using those words because the earlier yeah. you f you hear those words, the more normalized it becomes. Right, yeah. right. You know, we it should be normalized. Yes. it's a normal part of. I really believe life. in the life cycle and like talking about that. I mean, the Lion King's great too because they talk about the cycle of life yeah. and like that the whole song. Circle of life, sorry. But it's true. Like yeah. death happens in so many ways, even just trees and the seasons and time. I mean, it's yeah. fascinating really when you get into it. Yeah. I was just thinking about seasons and it's mm -hmm. the holiday season right now. And... It's a tough time for a lot of people. Yeah. And then, so at Christmas we did, and I love this, would be a memory box. But what I like to do if you're Christian and you do this, or I guess you could do it if you have a Hanukkah bush or whatever. Um, <laughs> but getting an ornament, we did this at the place I interned. You get a plain ornament, you fill it with some fake snow, and then you write a letter to your loved one, fold it up, and put it into the ornament and hang it on the tree. I love that. Yeah, That's great. really cool. Yeah, and I did that with all my kids this past year. Even some people that had lost a dog. Yeah. We had them draw the a, yeah. a memory, Aww. like draw them in their dog, and put it in. And I even have one on my tree for my Nana. I love that. Yeah. So sweet. I, think I saw recently online, too, like the idea of lighting a candle. Yes, it's great. For just a loved any, one yeah. that's not there, but yeah. to just feel the warmth of their love and yeah. to remember them. Yeah. And kind of take that moment to really mm -hmm. think about them. Yeah, yeah, because they're not gone. And I think we also are scared of even saying their names. Yes. Like, like yeah. they're, you know, it's not bad. Well, actually, and I think, oh, I could be wrong. But I think in, like, Native American culture, they used to think that if you said their name again, you'd be holding their spirit here. Oh. And they couldn't go to the afterlife. Huh. So I think that's something that, like, we're afraid of. Of course, like, culturally, you would so want to be sensitive to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, actually, but, that's a whole nother but topic. But in U.S. Western culture, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. but no, that's true. But I People believe are in bringing that name back. Like, right. Let's say their name. Let's remember yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really true. Yeah. So, so as far as you know, kids and and how they express their symptoms and things like that. When would you recommend maybe more professional help, or when would you, you know, encourage families if their kids' behavior is getting you yeah. know, a little bit I mean, too much. Honestly, yeah. it's going to depend on the on the child. Yeah. But, I mean, I would say... But it would never hurt to put them, no. obviously, in therapy. No, you know, it never yeah, hurt. Yeah. I think, but, you know, a couple months. Yeah. If after a okay. few months they're really struggling, yeah. I would recommend it. I yeah. think 
look for those groups, look for the individuals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have mm -hmm. uh, therapists that come to your school. You know, there's different ways of doing that. Family sessions. Yeah. And even for the adult to reach out to a therapist mm -hmm. and, and talk to them about how do I deal with this? Yeah. You know, like how do I support my child and myself because they could be grieving and absolutely it's very hard mm -hmm. to take care of yourself and a child at the same time mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. and and the kid may even be responding to how yes. the adult is you yes. know coping and if they're it's not doing true. well if yeah. they're struggling yeah. then yeah the kids model, pick up on that yeah. you want to model appropriate grief as much as you can i mean when you're grieving you're just grieving i mean yeah. it's so and it's such an it's innate, a day by day kind yeah, of thing it's yeah. an it's horrible so i really it's really tough, but I, I think that there's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of people that do want to help, and I, I would definitely recommend seeking professional help. I, think, I mean, I think everyone should have a therapist. I always say, I yeah. have a therapist. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. everyone should have a therapist because yeah. sometimes you just need, that space. you just need it. Yeah, you need your time, and it's hard if you've got a child and you're grieving. Maybe you need that hour. Maybe mm -hmm. that's going to help your kid. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. You've shared such yeah. important stuff with us today. And I've tried. It's and a it's a complicated. Like even yeah. I'm sure I've made mistakes or said things on here today that you know don't line up. I probably said loss of a loved one because again, it's in our culture to say mm -hmm. this, and I'm even still doing it sometimes. And I catch myself. Yeah, but, but that is yeah. accurate to mm -hmm. say. You know, you are losing yeah. yes a loved one. You know, yes. whether the loved one or the loved thing is mm -hmm. your home or your school or yeah. your pet or you know, it, it's it's a loss. Yeah, it yeah. is a loss. So. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you so much for being with thank us you. today. Thank you, and I love your podcast. I just Aww. want you guys to know that like, I'm so glad you're doing this. And for everyone like listening, Lauren and Allison are just incredible, and I'm Aww. really proud of you guys. Courtney. And I think that I miss you because I'm grieving the loss of you leaving where we met, yeah. but I'm so proud of you guys, and I'm really glad you're doing this. I think people need to hear this stuff. You know, it's, it's hard. It's important stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, we really appreciate you, Courtney. Yay. You're awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy to have been here. Yeah. Now time for you to start your own podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you said you had hours to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys.